0: You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit CWOL.org. So everybody shout, hope lives. So these three. There are these three. What are they? Well, they're faith, love, and hope. And so we're talking about living faith. We've been talking about hope lives. Then we'll talk about love Um, And, you know, these three are very important. And uh, hopefully you got your T-shirt, your sweatshirt. But more important than that, you understand that these three things are very important to the Lord. And so um, we talked about living faith. We've talked about hope lives. Last week we talked about the process of how to abound in hope. And I want to remind you of these things. First of all, As a born-again believer, you ought to be expressing hope. You ought to be going around with joyful, confident expectation. Now, this is more than positive thinking. This is more than just being positive. You you know, people can be positive for a moment, but then when a circumstance comes up, then they lose their hope. Well, then that's not Bible hope. We're, We're not of those that despair. We're not We're not hopeless right? Why, why are we not hopeless? Because we have a living hope. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our hope. And so remember, you have to look at the world right now. There's so many things going on, but you have to look at the world and there's so much sin and there's so much darkness and we haven't even gotten to the gross darkness yet. But the truth of the matter is you as a believer and I as a believer, we can look and we can be disgusted almost. But Instead of being disgusted, I think we ought to get our minister of reconciliation hat on. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. And, and we ought we ought to become, you know, um, that 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 restorer, because the Bible says those that don't know Jesus are without hope. Right. Yeah. And so I know sometimes we look at all their sin and we go. Ugh. But the truth of the matter is, the Lord's not worried with the first thing, all that sin, the wages of his death. But the thing the Lord's concerned with what? It's their salvation. And then we'll work on the rest of the stuff. But see, most of you in this room are believers, so I'm going to work on the rest of the stuff all the time with you. But when you look at them, he looks at them different. They're lost. They're undone. They are hopeless. If you want to change the atmosphere around you, you first thing we need to understand is it's our job as believers to spread the good news, to show them who Jesus is. Amen. And so we're going to do that together. But I just wanted to talk to you today about expressions of hope. I want to show you some things in the word of God. Everybody shout it again. Hope lives. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope. Come on. He's the God of what? the god of hope so if you have him you have hope the god of hope fill you with all joy all joy and peace in believing that you may abound you may abound in hope through the power of the holy ghost this is a mouthful this this scripture makes me happy this scripture there's so many i could do a i could do an eight part 10 part series off of this scripture alone but i'm going to do it in 37 minutes hallelujah and so i'm going to get you this and you need to get this so i need you to hear with the idea of doing so the first thing you need to know is now the god of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing In believing. So if I have Bible hope, again, worldly hope is putting things off into the future. Bible hope is a joyful, confident expectation that I believe comes when you're in faith, when you are believing. How do do you believe something? Well, you hear it, you confess it, you do it, you act upon it. But when you believe something, when you believe something, and the God of all hope is causing you to abound in hope, then you've got joy and peace. Right now, your peace is very important. It is a measuring stick of you believing God. So we have what? What does it say? Now, the God of all hope fill you with all joy. How much joy? All joy and all peace. In believing God. So as a believer in the Word of God, I have I hear the Word of God, it brings faith to me, it brings hope to me. And when I believe it, and when I speak it, and when I release my faith, then I ought to have a byproduct. Because people say, Well, how do I know in faith? How do I know I'm in faith? How do I know I'm in hope? Well, it's evident. It's evident by what's right under your nose and the words that come out of your mouth. But it's also evident with how you and I act. And the first thing is an evidence of you being in Bible hope. The evidence of you being in believing is you having a peace. And so I want to talk to you just a minute about guarding that peace that should come. How How many of you are born again? We got a room full of born again folks. Do you have, pe- now we're not getting a load up today, but do you have peace that when you take your last breath, you're going to heaven? Yes, sir. Yes. You have a, an assurance. Yes. It's called no-so salvation. So anyone who doesn't know so is not saved. Well, I don't know if I'm saved. You're not saved. Because they don't see, they don't understand that. You and I know so. You can't explain it. You just know so. And so since it's no so salvation you have a peace. I plan to finish my course, do you? But as I'm finishing it, I have peace. I have this peace on the inside. Now, you and I need to protect that peace, and this is how we're going to do it. So let me give you the definition of peace. A stress-free state. Hallelujah. A stress-free state of security and calmness. There's a whole lot of folk with no peace because they ain't calm. They are riled up about stuff that they ought to just, never mind. Calmness. Everybody say, I'm calm. calm. Just chilled. Just relaxed. A calmness that comes when there is no fighting. Now, how many know we got to fight the good fight of faith? And the Bible says you labor In Hebrews, it says you labor to enter into rest or peace. Peace or rest is a place. In the old covenant, they rested on the Sabbath day. Right? And so some people are confused. You got pulled over into Hebrews. It says there's a place of rest for us. It's no longer a day. It's a place. It comes by believing God. And in that rest, what is rest? It's peace. It's peace. What is it? It is a stress-free state of security. I'm secure. I'm at peace. A calmness that comes when there's no fighting or war. Everything coexisting in per- perfect harmony. I could, you could write a song off of this definition. Everything coexisting in perfect harmony and freedom. Isaiah 26. We usually only look at one uh, of these verses, but I want to look today at Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4 out of the King James Version. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. "Thou will keep him in perfect peace. So remember what we said. Now the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And so if we're in hope, if, if we have Bible hope, if we have Bible believing, then an, an expression of that should you be, you should be at peace. Anytime you lose your peace, you are not in faith or you are not in believing, you are not in hope, you're not in confident, joyful expectation. So anytime I lose my peace, I got to get my peace back. How do I get my peace back? Well, this is how I get my peace back. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind. See, what I'll come and mess with your believing is your mind. The devil messes with your. Do you know every thought you have is not necessarily your thought? It's not a God thought? And so you got to understand the devil attacks your mind to attack your peace. Because if you're at peace, you're at rest, you're in faith, and you're in Bible hope, you're in a joyful, confident expectation. So the devil comes to disturb the peace. Now, at my house, my wife is very kind, but you don't go disturbing our peace. She'll fight you over peace. In other words, we fight to stay at rest, we fight to stay at peace, because peace is an evidence of faith and hope. Are you with me? Now, keep, he'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he does what? He trusts in you. My hope is in you. My faith is in you. My trust is in you. And therefore, I'm at peace. Trust you in the Lord forever. For the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Trust in the Lord. How long? for? As long as I'm trusting the Lord, as long as I'm believing in him, then I've got all peace. And if the if the devil comes or circumstances come to mess with my peace, what do I got to do? I got to get my mind stayed back on him. I've let my mind wander. I've let somebody influence me. I've let someone bring me some crud. Are you with me? Isaiah. No, nope, let's go on. Let's go to John 14, 27. So, All peace, peace is a sign of you in hope and faith, in believing. So John chapter 14, look at these. I love these scriptures on peace. I love to minister them to people. John 14, 27, peace, Jesus said, I leave you. My peace I give you. So if I'm losing, because peace comes from believing, and so when I'm believing something like my salvation, I have peace. I'm believing my healing. I'm believing uh, for my family. I'm believing uh, that the heathen or my, anytime it gets messed up, then, then the devil's come after my peace. Then I've got to remind myself and get back to a place of peace. Anytime there's disturbance in my life, anytime there's, I got to get back to the place of peace. How do I do that? I keep my mindset on him. Then I remember this. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Not just any old peace, not part of my peace, not some of my peace, all the peace that he walked in when he was on the earth. Come on, listen to me. If things disturb you right now that are going on in the world, you have lost your peace. And you better get it back because the devil's not playing right now. I know this and I know, come on, you know this. And so one of the things he's after is your peace. You're tranquility. Well, Pastor Mark, I just feel like if we're just doormats and we let the world run over us, you know what? You, but the devil is smarter than you think he is. If you lose your peace while you're, ah, you're not gonna be in faith. I don't care what you think. You cannot disregard what the Bible says and walk with God and receive everything that he has. Aren't you glad he's merciful though? He, 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 has he been merciful with you lately? Woo, thank you, they're new every morning too. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm not trying to make you rigid. I'm not trying to make you religious. But I'm trying to get you an expression of your hope, an expression of your faith is peace. You're led by it. You walk in it. Come on, come on. Isn't it great to know that you're at peace with God and you're going to heaven? It's not a question. You can live that way and I can live that way in every part of my life. But so what I do, I got to get back to it and understand. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. I give unto you, not as the world gives. Why not as the world gives? Because their peace is based on circumstances. His peace is, more, it's a fruit of the spirit. But more than that, it's everything that he walked in. He said, I give it to you. Let not your, who, who's that to you? Uh, who, uh, my spouse, don't you let my heart be troubled. <laughs> Children, I'm telling you, don't trouble my heart. Facebook, Y'all are troubling me. News. I don't want to talk about it. <clears throat> no, I'm supposed to let not my heart be troubled. And if my heart gets troubled, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> if my heart gets troubled, then I'll get afraid. And then what happens? I open the door to the devil. And what happens then? I lose my peace. Peace is something you got to fight for. Peace is something you need to walk in. John 16, John 16, 33. These things have spoken to you that you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell them to cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. Come on, the Apostle Paul got out of the belly of that ship. And the Lord had just talked to him. And told him everything was going to be all right, that he was going to go to Rome. Didn't tell him he was going to have a two-year, you know, layover on an island. He didn't tell him that, did he? He didn't tell him that. He didn't tell him he was going to have a a healing revival on an island. And they are going to build a brand new ship for him and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Didn't tell him any of that. I'm sure any island's got to be good, right? A, a two-year two layover before you got to go to jail. That's pretty good. Anyway, so, uh, you know, he turns things around, don't he? But he said, remember what he came up? He said, the Lord, I mean, an angel came and, and spoke to me and, and told me everything's going to be all right. And everybody in the room needs to, everybody on the ship needs to do what? Everybody needs to do what? Cheer up. It's also a sign of peace. These things have I spoken to you that you might have peace. In an interesting that peace and joy go together? Now, joy we often think of as hilarious. We often think of laughter. But also with joy, there's just also this calm assurance. I know uh, I don't like to use this word because it's the word, your word happiness. And instead of happiness, great contentment. Like the apostle Paul said, you know, I, I, I've learned to have food. I've learned to have a steak. He didn't say it like that. I, I've learned to have, you know, rags and I've had designer clothes. You know, I I've had a, an old junkie car and I had a brand new one. Right? But what's he saying? But in all these things, I've learned how to be content. What is that? That's a spiritual place. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Everybody doing all right this morning? Philippians 4, I know it's cold outside, hallelujah. Philippians, Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Be careful for nothing. What's the devil after? He's after your peace. What's one way he can get your peace? Because see, an expression of you abounding in hope and in believing is peace. What does the devil try to come disturb? Your peace. How's he going to do it? Well, he's going to come to your mind, but I'm going to keep my mind stayed on him, right? Right? If I if I start to lose my peace in anything, I'm going to go to the Lord. I'm going to receive the peace that He left for me. I'm I'm going to I'm going to grab a hold of this peace, and then it says this. So be careful, or don't worry about anything. Instead of worrying about it, why don't you ask me? But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And when you do that, the peace of God, when you're in faith about it, because he hears you when you pray. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you have them. What should come with that? Peace. This is the confidence that I have in him, that if I ask anything according to his will, I know that he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, I know that I have. And so what should come with that having? Peace. Because I ask him the ears of the Lord are open to the righteous. There's tremendous power available when you and I pray. When we make a request with the word of God, God hears us. And when we receive, what does it say? And then it says, when he, your request be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep or guard your hearts, in your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Then it says, then I want you to think on these things. Again, with your mind. If you want to walk in peace, in, in hope, and in faith, in believing, then, then in your mind, you got to think on these things. What things are pure, lovely. Come on, if you thought on these things all the time, you wouldn't have time to think about nothing else. You hear yourself, Mark? You should listen. Whatever things are pure, whatever lovely, whatever things are good, report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on those things. Those things which have both learned and received and heard and seen in me and the God of peace shall be with you, and the God of peace shall be with you. So what I got to do? So I got to guard my peace. I got to keep my mind. I got to. How do, how do I keep my peace? Because it's a sign. It's an expression of me believing. What's the devil going to do? He's going to bring circumstances, mountains, situations, people, problems. All the rest of your days, that's going to happen. I cannot promise you that in, you're not going to have any more trouble. Trouble, because in this world, Jesus said you're going to have tribulation. But He said, cheer up. He said, cheer up. He said, he said, get in there and fight with everybody. Post your post, hallelujah, and tell them what you believe about it. That's not what he said do. He said, cheer up. He said, cheer up. He said, cheer up. He said, cheer up. And if you do that, then this peace that you have is that calm assurance on the inside of you. There's no more fighting. There's no more war. It proves you're in faith. It shows you you're in Bible hope and you're going to receive from the Lord. And so let's look at this one. Because he said, let's go back to Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So peace and joy work together. Now, again, I said sometimes joy, and I love joy. When we talk about laughter, just for fun, everybody say, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Come on, we ought to have some joy. You ought to be enjoying your life. But joy is more than laughter. Joy is more than laughter because some people, when they're worldly happy, they can laugh until the circumstances change. Then they're sad. Joy is a, it's, it's an, it's an assurance. It's, um, it's a knowing it's, a, um, a contentment, like I said, that comes when you are in Bible faith and Bible hope this joy, and it expresses out through you. It is a fruit of the Spirit. Both joy and peace are. But let's look at John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, so the devil comes for your peace to get you out of faith and hope, and he also comes to steal your joy. He comes to take that assurance in you away. It says, if you keep my, and how do, you, how do you keep it? maintain your joy? If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even if I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken unto you, verse 11, that my joy, whose joy? The joy that Jesus walked in. He left you his peace and he left you his joy. Now that ain't bad, y'all. You can walk in the same peace and the same joy that Jesus did. You you didn't get a half a cup. You don't have to have a half a cup. You don't have to have a quarter of a cup. You can have the whole cup. And with him, it will overflow. He said, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy would be? full. So you're walking around when you're in Bible faith, when you're in Bible hope, you're walking around with all this peace on the inside, which is enviable right now in the time we live in, because most people do not have peace. But the only way you can maintain your peace is to keep your mind on the Lord and his word and what you think on. And then you got this joy and I can have this joy. Come on, somebody, I wish you'd help me this morning a little bit. I can have this joy. on the, It's not just laughter. It's not just a move of the Holy Ghost. It's something you and I can walk in every day that will make people scratch their head and raise their eyebrows. How can you be so happy? It's not happiness. It's joy. It's not dependent on what's going on. I believe in someone. I believe in the God of all hope. I believe that Jesus is my living hope. He is the anchor of my soul, and I am at peace. I'm at rest and I'm full of joy. I'm full of joy. No, I'm full of joy. If you lose your joy, you're going to lose your goods. If you lose your joy, you're going to lose start losing things in this life. Don't let anyone cause you. Listen, if you listen to anyone or anything, that you come away going. You're listening to the wrong stuff. I warn you by the Holy Ghost. If you keep doing it in six months, you're going to find things coming into your life that you don't want. Things that have left you, things that you have been delivered from. I'm telling you, do not let the enemy in. You stay full of peace. You stay full of joy. Something comes at you, wants to make you angry. Let's do a ha, ha, ha. Like last week, I had this revelation. I'll be real honest. I've been preaching a long time. When it said to me in James, it said that I was to have joy. See, I can't even remember it because it's just, we'll have to go through it again. Because it was, I know I've preached it a hundred times. It says, um, my brethren, verse James 1, 2, my brother counted all joy. What? what? I've preached that. It's in my book, but I really got it. Counted joy. When the devil comes, when the temptation comes, I'm supposed to count it joy. What does that look like? Well, the devil's trying to destroy me. Ha, 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 ha. The devil's coming after me. I, you know, you can try, but I got a calm assurance on the inside that I'm an overcomer. I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. I'm not going under, I'm going over. Greater is he, ha, 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 greater, come on, you coming at me? Look who's in me. Hallelujah. Jesus lives in me. Amen. Amen. So I got to maintain my joy. And and it's not just laughter. I know that's what I emphasize around here because I love it. But it's not just laughter. It's not just the move of the Holy Ghost. It is a place in God where you're full of joy. It's not happiness. Happiness comes and goes based on circumstances. If you're not happy right now, you're not in faith. If I'm not happy right now, I'm believing something wrong. Because it's not dependent on what I see. It's dependent on, I don't know if I'm helping you, but I'm glad I came to church. I thought about staying home. Hallelujah. First I really did. First Peter chapter one. I'm not just joking today. I really thought about it. First Peter chapter one, verse three. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us unto a lively hope. Come on, you have a lively hope. By the resurrection, why do I have a lively hope? Because Jesus has been raised from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God. Who are, again, Romans 15, 13, through the power of the Holy Ghost. You are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to revealed in the last time. Come on, you were born for this last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice. What, are you gonna, what does joy do? Well, I rejoice with joy unspeakable. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Where you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if you need be. I don't think you have to be, but if you need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. But what, when those temptations and those trials come, what am I doing? I'm rejoicing. Yes. I, I, I'm in joy. No, I'm in joy. I'm in joy. Are you in joy? Yeah. I, I, again, come on. Count it. I'm counting it joy. <laughs> That's a new one. It's count. It's in there forever, but it's it's new. Hallelujah. You are in heaven. It's new, man. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes need to be fire, might be found under praise and honor and the glory of the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom having not seen. You love, you love him, in whom though you see him not, you believe, you rejoice with joy, unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So my point is this, that when the enemy comes and I'm in manifold temptations, when I'm being tried, in fire, not coming from God, from the devil, guess what? Um, I'm going to look past that because I'm going to maintain my joy. And so I'm gonna rejoice. I'm gonna count it all joy. I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh if I have to. I'm gonna say what the word says. I'm gonna stay in believing. I'm gonna stay in Bible hope. And I'm gonna rejoice with joy. And again, it's more than laughter. It's a contentment. It's a knowing that everything's gonna be all right. I'm not moved by what I see. None of these things move me. 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 You can't take my joy. What is it, Dr. Jaredson? said, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't steal your stuff, your goods. Amen. Amen. Don't you love Dr. Jerry? Anyway, joy. All right, this is a familiar one. We got to hurry up a little bit. Psalms 126. Psalms 126. Now, if you've been around here during saturation meetings and the spirit of God breaks out in laughter, I always turn to Psalms 126 because my spiritual father always turned to Psalms 126. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Hallelujah. Psalms 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. Are you expecting some captivity to be turned? Then was our mouth filled with laughter. Everybody say, ha ha. Uh-huh. Our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen. The heathen started talking about us. The Lord has done great things for them. And we say, uh-huh. And the Lord has done great things for us. They agree, yeah, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams of the south. They that sow in tears. Now this one last night just jumped out at me. Those that sow in tears... Those that have had some hard times, there's been some trials. There's been, you know what? Um, I don't know about you, but um, I, I've been, ooh, there's times where you feel like you need a box of Kleenex while, you know, a tear comes, but then you laugh at the same, because you know, and, and yet, listen, the Bible says what? He that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless, shall doubtless, shall doubtless, come again rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. But I want you to look at verse five again. Those that sow in tears reap. One of the ways to reap in your faith is with joy. You have to reap with joy. That's why a lot of this last two years, lots of things going on. And I saw people getting depressed. I saw them looking, listening too much, seeing too much, thinking too much. I saw a depression come over them, all over the room, all over the place. It tries to get on me because there's a lot of things out there that could depress you, that could make you mad, but you cannot let them. You can because it will affect your faith. The devil is not an idiot. He knows how to affect your faith. He knows how to affect you believing. And so you've got to decide, listen, if I want to reap the harvest, then I'm going to have to have some joy. Now isn't it a fun thing that the Lord says one of the ways you're going to receive and reap the harvest is through joy? Through joy, through, come on, if you sowed in tears, you reap in joy. You reap in joy. I, I counted all joy. Why do I got to count it joy? Because while I'm counting it joy, I'm turning what the devil meant for evil. I'm going to turn it around for good. I'm going to turn it around for good. I'm, why? I'm doing it while I'm rejoicing. I'm giving God something to work with. Hallelujah. Another thing that shows your expression of that you're in Bible hope, let's look at uh, Father Abraham, Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Another expression, another expression. Romans chapter 4, verse 18. It says, um, who against hope, talk about, Hope lives, who against hope. In other words, the first hope is natural hope. In other words, because their bodies were dead, there was no reason to hope. There was no reason for this to work out any other way. Was, it was impossible. Who against hope believed in hope. So in other words, he traded in the natural that was hopeless. He began to believe God. Sarah, after she heard from God, began to believe God. And their belief turned into a Bible hope of expectation. Amen. Who against hope believed in hope that they might become the father of many nations, according to that which is spoken so shall you see be verse 19 and and being not weak in faith, having hope, he considered not his own body now dead listen you always considering something when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb they staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but But was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So, when you have a Bible believing, when you are in the hope, because God is the God of hope, when you are abounding in hope, you're number one, going to have all joy. Number two, you're going to have peace. But the other thing you're going to be full of is thanksgiving. The other thing you're going to be full of is thanksgiving. In other words, praise is going to be continually in your mouth. It'll oppose you. Uh, Psalms 42. We've looked at this one already, but this, this is one that helps me out. How many you know King David, a man after God's own heart, wasn't perfect? Far from it. Aren't you glad we don't remember that, except when I remind you? We remember what? He's a man after God's own heart. He's the line that Jesus came through. Even though he messed up, kind of big, um, he, the, the Lord, before redemption was available, he redeemed him. He, in other words he he got him back on the right road but so you know and we're reading through psalms and a lot of times you know as we're reading through it I'm like goodness uh, so he had a he he was going through some rough times quite a bit usually those out front do go through some tough times but I like what he did here in psalms 42 we don't have time to read the whole thing but he said why art thou cast down o my soul why art thou disquieted within me hope thou in god don't you have joyful confident expectation that god is going to come through And he says, so if you do, what are you going to do? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. I shall, So an expression of Bible hope is praising him. Hope thou in God. Don't you believe he's going to come through? You trust him. He'll never fail you. He'll never let you down. Hope thou in God. Do you really, Do you? is your hope in God? If it's true it's in God, then what are you going to do? You should yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And then uh, verse 11, he says it again. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Come on, you, you spouses, you husbands and wives, you ought to be close enough with one another that well, if one of you are down, you ought to be able to just give them a look. You know, like, hoping in God or not? You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times when you get close to somebody and they're, it's contagious either way. If you're some, around someone who's depressed, always, uh, 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 you know, everything that's going on in the world gets on them and then it tries to get on you, it, it'll change the atmosphere of your house. And some of you don't understand that it's changing the atmosphere of your house. You're oblivious to it. But I'm telling you this morning, you better change the atmosphere of your house back to something else. Because the devil's not done attacking. He's not done attacking. He never has been. But he's in an all-out attack mode because he knows his days are very short. And I'm trying to tell you and tell me at the same time how to walk in Bible hope and Bible faith. we got to be like David. Why are you disquieted within me? Come on. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Then verse 43 just keeps on going. Verse five, why art thou downcast, O my soul? He got to tell himself three times. So if he had to tell himself three times, you might have to tell yourself three times in five minutes. You might have to. You might have some people around you that can help you. I'm not talking about being critical of one another. Hey, let's praise the Lord together. Come on, let's lift our voice together. Amen. Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I'll yet praise him who is the health of my countenance. Amen. So what did what did Abraham and Sarah do uh, when it was impossible? Who against hope believed in hope? They believed and they counted what God said was true, and they, they got in faith and they had this this we have Bible hope. They they began to believe in hope, and then what happened? To they were fully persuaded, and what did they do? They began to give him thanksgiving. They began to thank him for what he's done. Hallelujah! Come on, I want to read it to you again. Romans chapter four. Put Romans four um, twenty back up. Romans four twenty. Because I can't let you go unless you do this today. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. And because he's strong in faith then he had a joyful, confident expectation. What was he doing? Giving glory to God. Giving glory to God. And then Romans 15, 13 again. Let's go back there. It says, now the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Everybody say, I have joy. I have, joy. I have, peace. I have peace. Are you in faith? Then what do you have? You have Bible hope that you may be do what abounding in hope, because because you in this way hope and faith they kind of work all around each other they kind of go together faith hope and love all work together we'll look at that probably next week or next time they all work together so which is first I don't know the chicken or the egg the chicken because God created it anyway and so whatever um, but but in this case hope is abounding because I'm believing. If we want to change things, what would happen if we would all leave here if we, on Monday morning, abounded in hope everywhere we went? I'm not talking about just being positive, having a positive outlook. A worldly person can do that, and it's temporary. I'm talking about abounding in hope. I'm talking about, no, when you abound in something, it's contagious in a good way. It'll get off on people. Abounding in hope. Because what's on the inside will flow up out of you and you'll have a smile. Those white teeth you paid a lot of money for, everybody will begin to see them again. Amen. Come on. I mean, and, and you know, your smile. Because if you keep frowning, you're going to have to have plastic surgery soon. <laughs> They'll develop frown lines. Joy and peace in believing that you may abound. Everybody say, I'm abounding in hope through the power of the holy ghost one of the things that thanking god does the bible says god inhabits the praises of his people it talks about as lively stones we build a house of habitation for god come on we're a li- <laughs> we have this living hope and when we express thanksgiving and praise Because if we get disquieted, if we get grumpy, if we get discouraged, what do we got to do? We got to grab ourselves and say, you will hope in God. And this is how you're going to do it. This is how you're going to do it. You're going to open your mouth and you're going to begin to thank him. Listen to me. If you have nothing to thank him for, except you are not going to hell, you have something to thank him for. So I want to hear, well, I got. How, you know, there's lots of stuff going on. There is something to think. I remember when I first married R- Pastor Rhonda, she had just gotten back from India. And she was just so thankful for a grocery store. I'm like, it's a grocery store. She was so grateful for um, food. <laughs> We'd pray over food. She was so grateful for food, but there was no bugs in it. I mean, y'all, you hear those stories, but this was real life to her. She, she was grateful. She was grateful for things we take. Listen, there are things, I don't care what's going on out there, you've got things to be grateful for. You could comb your own hair today. Be grateful. Even if you had help getting dressed, <laughs> you've got something to be grateful for. You got one leg that works and one not so good, you got one that works. Believe God for the other one to work. Amen. But when you really are grateful, something happens. There was a man while Jesus was on the earth. He got leprosy. And he got to hang out with nine covenant people. All ten of them had leprosy. And one day Jesus walked by. And they began to cry out to Jesus. Nine of them with a covenant, one without. But they all simultaneously began to cry out. And what did he do? Well, he told them to go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, the Bible says what? They were healed. And you know the account, but I, I, don't, I don't want you just to know it. I want you to look at it. Luke chapter 17. Just for time's sake, we're going to look. We're going to look at that. So nine covenant people. Sometimes when you have everything, you can lose your gratefulness. You can take it for granted. You can take him for granted. When you've been delivered, you can take your deliverance for granted. When you can think and go to work and go to the grocery store, The devil is a master at making you look, making me look at what's wrong. But if you want the greater, you and I are gonna have to get back to a place of gratefulness. So here this man was, chapter 17 of Luke, verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, because they were all healed, turned back, and with a loud voice. Come on. If you had leprosy, even though your nose had fallen off and your fingers had fallen off, and your because that's what happens, your toes fall off, and you saw the leprosy was gone, you'd be grateful. And the nine kept on marching. The nine kept on going. But one of them, with a loud voice, glorified God. See, sometimes people who are glorifying God, you may not be in the majority. But it doesn't matter if you lift up your voice. And then he fell down at the face, on his face at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. It's interesting the Bible pointed that out. A Samaritan. You know, the Jews didn't really care for the Samaritans. It's called them Dogs. And Jesus answered, He said, Were there not ten cleansed? He, in other words, some people say, Well, you know, they go, No, he's like, where are the other nine? Right? Didn't that what he said? Were there not ten cleansed? Didn't I didn't I save them all? Didn't I heal them all? Didn't I provide for them all? Didn't I give them all a sound mind? Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine, they're not to be found to return to give glory to God, except a stranger. And he said unto him, arise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Now, I know it doesn't specifically say it, but that word whole means whole. And since I know what leprosy is, and you know, I believe this with all my might. Because he said, because see, if nothing else would have changed, he'd be the same as the other nine. And there'd be no point to this. And it wasn't wholeness as far as salvation. Salvation wasn't yet available. It wasn't wasn't yet available. Whole. And I believe he watched his fingers pop out. Got the best nose job anybody could ever get. His toes popped out. Why? Because with a sense, he didn't go back to get his toes. He didn't go back to get his fingers. He didn't go back to get his nose. He just went back to say thank you. Come on, whether you're from here or not, y'all live in the south now, and you're supposed to be kind. And you're supposed to be gracious. Amen. So while you drink your sweet tea and while you eat your whatever barbecue, but as Christians, though, listen, listen to me, listen to me. We ought to be thankful. Oh. What I hear right now, even in the body of Christ, is a lot of criticism, a lot of critique, a lot of unhappy, a lot of it's, it's, um, it, it, it does something to me in the realm of the spirit, because I know that God only works in unity in one accord. I'm not telling you to lay down. I'm not telling you to give up, you know, whatever. But I am telling you this, you've got to watch. And if something, if you have found yourself, what will fix it is just a praise break, a thank you break. Stand up on your feet. Let's just start here because I know everybody in the room seems is born again. If you're not born again, you can get born again in a minute or come back to the Lord. But are you saved? Are you saved? Are you going to miss hell? Are you going to make heaven? <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you, I mean, it, so if you start there, but um, whether you feel it or not, are you healed? Are you blessed? Are you in your right mind? D- were you able to get here today? Glory to God. Well, then I want you, I, I don't want you to do it just because I'm telling you, I want, if, you, if really is if all you got is, Lord, thank you, I'm saved. But then we can just start there. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your voice. Lord, we're so grateful. Thank you, Lord, we're saved. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, that I'm saved. I thank you, Lord. That I'm saved. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price. You who knew no sin became sin that I could become righteous. I thank you that you've made me righteous. I thank you that you made me holy. I'm so grateful for everything you've done for me. I, I don't forget it. I'm not going to forget it. I'm not going to forget it. I'm not going to forget it. I'm grateful. I'm grateful i'm grateful thank you lord thank you lord hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord amen